Hi, I'm Atul Jha and you're listening to Around Startups Podcast. Today we are talking about one of the most important thing which is internet in our startup domain. And uh, we are getting to hear a lot about uh, how big companies like Facebook are trying to change the way we are using internet. For the same, I have with me Kiran. Kiran Hit. Kiran is from Hasgeek and uh, Nikhil who hits Media Nama. Uh, welcome to the show, both of you. Thanks. Thank you. So, uh, I'll start... I'll start with you, Nikhil. What is it all about? What's going on? Companies like Facebook, what are they doing? So essentially what's happening is that uh, Facebook's created a platform called Internet.org. Uh, now rebranded as Free Basics, where uh, they collude with um, mobile operators like Reliance Communications uh, and offer Facebook and, and its partners for free. So they have, we just checked, they have about 101 different sites on the platform. And those sites, uh, in a in a lower uh, bandwidth consum- consuming format, where users can't see videos, uh, where, uh, where 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 they can't uh, see high resolution photographs, are uh, essentially available for no data charges. Whereas everything else on the web that does not partner with Facebook, uh, consumers have to pay data charges for. So what this does essentially is create a kind of one private bubble with Facebook, which is available for uh, free, and the open web, which users have to pay for. So basically, it's a separate internet pipe getting created by these companies. Yes. It uh, uses public spectrum, which is licensed by the government to telecom operators for the sake of providing data services to the public, and makes that part of spectrum available only for free basics and Facebook's partners. So essentially, it's redirecting public spectrum for private gain because uh, if you're not part of the free basics platform, for whatever reason, you do not get access to the spectrum that it occupies. In startup ecosystem, how does this play out? There are multiple concerns with the way free basics is structured. Um, it is not the internet, despite what free basics uh, wants you to believe. It is not open to all, despite the claim that it is open to all. If you look at the terms and conditions, there are several things to be worried about. One is uh, you must meet the technical requirements. Now, these technical requirements are not what the internet requires. These are special technical requirements that Facebook has imposed on everyone. And it reserves the right to change these technical requirements whenever it wants. So it reserves the right to change the technical requirements, which means there's a cost of compliance on any site that is being part of the scheme. Second, the telecom operator must also approve. So you cannot compete with the telecom service. You can't offer a messaging service on free basics, for instance. Um, because that computes with SMS. You can't offer a voice over IP service because it competes with phone calls. So FreeBasics, despite being so-called open platform, still has somebody who has authority to say no. That's a problem. The third thing is that um, all the data that you send to FreeBasics, uh, all the user data, you know, any user who accesses a website on FreeBasics, all of the data goes through Facebook and they reserve the right to keep a copy of it. They claim it's only for 90 days. But 90 days of your data being in the hands of a third party who has nothing to do with the transaction is a problem. You, know, you would not accept this as part of a privacy policy anywhere else on the internet where you say that somebody else has access to all this data for up to 90 days. Uh, there's no reason why you should do this on free basics. The thing that they're hoping for is that nobody actually reads these policies and that therefore they will not notice the fact that the third party is getting access to this data. Uh, fourth thing, they don't support encryption. They claim technical difficulties, but there is no technical difficulty doing encryption on the internet. So it is not clear why FreeBasics is a technical difficulty in doing encryption. Um, and this means that 
Not only is Facebook keeping a copy of your data, everybody on the internet who has access to some part of traffic going through everywhere from uh, the wireless network, you can, since GSM also is not an encrypted network, anybody can put together a software defined radio and listen to all conversations happening around them um, up from many kilometers away. Unlike Wi Fi, where you have to be very close to do sniffing, uh, on GSM you can do this from fairly long distances. You can be kilometers away and still get access to all the traffic that's going over the internet to the FreeBasics platform and copy down usernames and passwords. It's completely insecure. So anyone with a radio can get a copy of your communications. Your telecom operator can get a copy of your communications because obviously they it's not encrypted when it passes through their channels. And the law in India requires telecom operators to log data. That's a, that's a legal requirement for surveillance reasons. Now, which essentially means that your data is anyway compromised, guaranteed copy of it being sent to the government, guaranteed copy of it being kept to the telecom operator, and Facebook says that they will also keep a copy of it for 90 days. Um, they are not very open about why they want to keep a copy for 90 days. They claim that one a reason for doing this is that they want to know usage patterns to understand how much data is actually being consumed, um, which may be a valid claim, but that's they're not saying that that's all it is. We don't know what else they're doing. We don't know if they're profiling users to improve the Facebook product. Um, we don't know if they're using this to understand how competitor websites work because um, any website that is available on free basics that potentially competes with Facebook in any way uh, means now that they're also giving Facebook their internal secrets about their own usage patterns and so forth. So um, the number of compromises that have gone into the definition of this platform are so serious that <clears throat> You shouldn't be going anywhere near it if you care about you know your data well the other thing for startups is that uh, with the with free basics once your competitor goes in you're forced in right so for example if amazon goes in then flipkart will be forced to be there because they can't lose out on that audience and then once facebook has let's say 10 or 15 sites in no of, of who might be in a similar space let's say they've got 15 e-commerce sites on the platform then none of those e-commerce sites can actually exit it because to exit would be to to give the others a competitive advantage so you get sucked in thinking that you're getting an access to a really large user base which no one else has access to but then as more and more people sign up you you become stuck so the only entity that benefits from this is the aggregator which is facebook but Facebook's claim is that uh, they are providing internet to, especially to places where there is no internet. Well, so the problems with this claim, one, obviously this is not the internet. It's only a restricted number of websites. Um, if you look at the list of websites, it's got some really strange ones on it. It's got somebody's profile picture, photo album, and various random things like this. Um, it is not essential services at all. Um, there's, a, uh, there's a real estate company that's selling its apartments on free basics. Yes. And so... You can't imagine someone who's willing to invest in real estate uh, being so poor that they can't afford internet access. No, that doesn't make any sense. So, 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 so uh, just to continue on that, what? Uh, okay, so I lost my train of thought. So, for a user, it uh, doesn't really make sense. For a startup, it's a little risky to get into this because you're forced to give your data to Facebook from now on. Um, and if your competitor does it, you have to do it as well. Um, for, for the nation, it is utilization or spectrum in a way that is not actually for the public benefit. Yeah. So, so you know, one of the things that's really important is, is, is this misnomer that, that Facebook is uh, doing this to bring new users online, right? 
if that's the case, then why are those users who already have data packs or already have data connections, why are they also able to use FreeBasics? So that's the thing. So if you look at the way Reliance advertises uh, their FreeBasics plan, they call it FreeNet. Um, the ads, one, are not targeted at first-time internet users. They are targeted at youth, trying to convince them that instead of paying for data on another telecom operator, why don't you come to Reliance? So they're, they're essentially asking people to switch and they're not trying to create new users. If they're trying to create new users, they would not be advertising in the cities at college-going youth. They would be advertising in rural areas. They would be advertising in places where there's no connectivity. Um, so that's, there's clearly a very strong disconnect between what Facebook says they want to do and what their partners are actually doing. Yeah, in, in fact, one of the guys that they showcased uh, uh, during the Zuckerberg town hall as someone who's benefited from free basics. We looked up his profile and he'd set it up almost, I think, three or four years ago. So how is he a new user? The other thing is that, that free basics is not necessarily helping increase internet access in India because what India needs is an increase in internet capacity and a reduction in cost of accessing the internet, right? Whereas what Facebook does is it rides on existing telecom operator infrastructure. And who pays for that data? The telecom operator does. So who do they charge more money from? From those of us who access the open internet. That cost spent in, 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 in supporting free basics, actually this reduces the propensity to invest in increasing infrastructure. Right? So it doesn't really solve a problem right now. So what is civil society like yours are doing? Hey, we're just regular guys who are, I mean, I'm an entrepreneur, Kiran's an entrepreneur, there are many of us who are. But the thing is that the freedom that we've had to actually start up is is has been possible because of the openness of the internet, right? Uh, you couldn't imagine in a very constrained, restricted environment being able to start up like this. So what we don't want is, one, to be dependent on a platform to access to users. Second, we don't want to pay a carriage fee to a telecom operator, you know, because What's happening is that something like the free basics will also justify an Airtel Zero, where Airtel and Idea Cellular and Vodafone will create the, create their own private bubbles with their own set of users. And we will and they will charge, let's say, one rupee per MB to a site for making it available to those users. So we don't want to pay that that carriage fee as a distribution charge, without which we will not get access to that user base then. We don't want, and then the other thing is from an internet perspective, it means that users on free basics get access to a different set of services. Users on Airtel Zero get access to a different set of services. And every operator will have its own private bubble of services. And that's not the internet. The internet is an interconnection of multiple sites, not the ownership of one platform or all these telecom operators. So, so essentially, it's like for me, if I'm on internet or my internet is restricted to the list of sites which are affiliated to it. 101 yes. sites. That's what it is right now. Well, that's like bullshit. And, and what is government doing? Like, is government not or should not be part of it to make... I, I think it's a little difficult for the government to uh, decide on this because for them, one of their goals is to bring more and more people online. And that word online is a very vague phrase, you know, is, is, are people joining internet.org, are they online? They're on Facebook and the partners, but they're not necessarily on the internet. But 
the way the government looks at it is anyone using data is online and therefore that they they see them as internet users and they have this goal of reaching 500 million and this they feel this these sort of programs will help what they don't realize is that we already have a substantive increase in the internet user base in india you know for most of the telecom operators their internet user base is up 60 60% year on year uh data usage uh, is increasing it's about 2.3 to 2.8% increase in data consumption year on year we if you look at the imi research we've added 100 million internet users in this country in the last one year so we don't really have a problem of growing internet access it's growing already in fact you know we've been in this space for so long we've seen how slow the growth was and it's just fantastic how many more people are coming online and they've come on in the last four years and that's because of the free market the open market operations of the internet where you've had e-commerce companies trying to bring people online so they shop online right so this growth is taking place why do you want to go and mess with something that's working i don't get it so so uh, save the internet.org that in save the internet okay yeah. save the internet.in is one of your initiative yes. Yes. what is it all about just tell us to our uh, audience Sure. So, um, part of the way um, this stuff works is that the government does not act completely opaquely. You know, they do have public consultations, uh, especially the telecom regulator, TREI. Um, so, in March of this year, TREI issued a consultation paper on whether network neutrality is required or not. Obviously, they didn't call it that. They called it... Um, the the regulation term. of OTT services and yes. the internet is... Is apparently OTT and OTT stands for over the top. And what they mean is that you're on top of the telecom infrastructure um, and therefore you're sort of a free rider. And should free riders be allowed or not? So that, that was the thrust of their paper. Now that was obviously so vague that most people do not understand that they're in fact referring to whether we should censor the internet. And um, so we got, uh, we noticed that paper and we decided that um, since it is a public consultation, whether inviting the public to comment on whether we should have such regulations in this country, we decided that we're going to help in this process by helping the public understand what is it that these people are asking questions about. You know, um, most people cannot make the connection that OTT means the internet um, because they're using technical jargon that only the telecom industry uses. So we essentially went through the paper, uh, made a summary of it that was in more human-friendly language. Then they had 20 questions that they wanted responses for. Uh, we got together a team of lawyers and policymakers who understood exactly the nuances of what the law says and what should be sensible policy and drafted answers that in a sense were legally correct you know so it was not about saying don't do this you know that that's a very vague way of putting things but people tend to respond like this when you give them a question and say uh, no, and should we, you do it and the not? reason why we put those answers together was that after we started informing people about what's going on people started asking us can you help us with the answers so uh, in fact we saw the email submissions that went to the TRAI and before save the internet .in went live, most of the answers that were sent were essentially abusers from people abusing the TRAI. Hmm. So people didn't know what to say, but they felt very strongly about this issue. We were surprised by how strongly they felt and they still feel about the issue. Yeah. So we put up a site that made it extremely easy for someone to copy paste the answers that we had drafted. And they could and easily edit the answers. them if they didn't like it or accept them if they liked it and send it to the government. And... Um, we expected a few thousand people to respond and we were completely shocked to discover that within two weeks, one million people had sent email to the government um, from our website. 
And um, one of the things that we also did is we put up a public count of how many emails have been sent. Now, the way this worked is that we did not send the email. Everybody sent the email by themselves. And we asked them to BCC us so that we would have a copy of their email as evidence that so many people had emailed the government. Yeah, just and to make it clear, they had to copy the text, open their own email, paste the text there, send it to the PRI. So it was, it was not a one-click like button kind of thing that Facebook does. Uh, it was a fairly elaborate process. And despite that, one million people did that. And we know it because we received one million emails from the public um, with the copy of the comments of the government. And they're free so, to, they were free to actually remove us from BCC. So many, many more must have gone in. Yes. And so what we did is we put up a public counter of how many emails that we had received so far. And uh, we set up as a Twitter bot that would tweet every hour or so with the current count. And so one of the things that worked in our favor is that the media picked up on that. Yeah. Um, normally, this would have been a completely invisible process because if party A is emailing party B, nobody else knows about it. Um, but by the fact of having put a public counter, it became something that the media could look at and point out to the government and say, look, so many responses have come. Um, are you guys going to respond to this or not? And uh, thankfully, that uh, triggered further reach. Um, so we got the Department of Telecom, which is the government body that sits atop trial. Uh, they decided to investigate and they started launched a formal consultation process where they invited a few industry experts and then eventually they put out a report. Uh, we also participated. So we essentially part participated in that. But just to roll, uh, move back a little, I just want you know the support that we got from from people from all the walks of life, right? So we, there were issues that were raised in Parliament. Uh, AIB's video was the trigger for us. It really, really helped reach out to more and more people. Uh, there were film stars who talked about it. That just showed how important the internet is to everybody. Yes. So. It went up to the Department of Telecom, it went up into Parliament, um, it got became you know, a topic of discussion in the Parliamentary session. Then a Parliamentary Standing Committee on IT decided that they will do a formal investigation themselves and that consultation is still ongoing. They have they have talked to telecom operators, they have talked to civil society, they have talked to industry experts, they have talked to academia, they got professors from IT to come in and depose before them. And that report is not public yet because it will only be public when the entire process is over, which we expect will be sometime next year. Well, we don't know when the report, when the process is over, to be honest. We don't know when the report will be out. But uh, but we do know that something is going on there. Yeah. Um, now, the thing is that a parliamentary standing committee is not the regulator. So the regulator can act independently of a parliamentary standing committee. The committee's function is to essentially present to parliament on what they should do as lawmaking and possibly help draft a new law that decides what's correct for this country. Uh, the regulator acts independent of that. If the law is made, the regulator is subject to the law. Until then, the regulator has their own rules in place. And so what we're asking is that the regulator has to enforce network neutrality right away because they have the authority to do that. So we are hoping that PRA will act first by issuing an executive order, um, enforcing net neutrality, and that uh, the government uh, or parliament actually will follow up by making law enforcing this protection so that it's not easy to overturn by lobbying agencies. And uh, at this point, what's happened since then is uh, PRAI issued their consultation paper in April, in March, uh, sorry, in uh, March, uh, giving a deadline of end of April for submissions. In April, the chairman also retired, which meant that a new chairman was needed. Uh, the government, for some reason, took a while to appoint a new chairman. Uh, usually, the new chairman starts on the very next day, but this time there was no chairman for a few months. 
finally, uh, the new segment is in place. And we expected that there would be some action now on closing the consultation that they had opened. But what they seem to have done instead is set that aside and start a new consultation over again. And well, well, we don't know if they set it aside, but we don't know what's happening to that. I mean, look at it this way. 1.2 million people, Indian citizens, wrote in in support of Native Directory, largely uh, in that consultation. So we hope that in this consultation, the TRA won't ignore those submissions because the questions that they've asked in this, two of the questions in the last consultation actually were a part of it. So it's not a new, uh, it's a new consultation, but it's not a new question essentially right now. So we don't know how it's going to play out, but what it means is that we need people to write in, we need people to submit their views because it's like, if, if we lose on this one, I don't know what's going to happen. We're going to start up. We're going to have to pay uh, Airtel for Airtel Zero so that 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 user base can access their site. You know, we don't. Uh, you will have like we like we were seeing on the internet outside. You essentially have a, a directory of services that you're allowed to access on free basis. So we don't want the internet to become like DTS. So what? As a internet user, as a tech savvy, who's part of this overall ecosystem, should do um, one: sign the petition, send the, send the response to the TRI. Um, so this is not like a petition where it is random signatures added to one letter. This is you sending a letter with your words, uh, distinct from everybody else. So uh, feel free to take out template, customize it, change it to point out whatever you think is appropriate for the country. Send it to the regulator, um, and. Uh, if you use our website, also BCCS, so that we have a count of how many people are interested in this, that is extremely useful as a way to put pressure and say that you can't ignore this because some people have submitted. The the other thing is, I think we need uh, more and more startups to also write to uh, the TRAI, to the DOT, to the to the Prime Minister. We had about 450 startups sign a letter last time, but I think it's important for startups to, as companies to take a stand because their entire future hinges on this and we're more than happy to help them uh, define a submission and help them draft a submission to the TRAI. At the same time, NASCOM is also doing a lot of stuff around. Uh, yeah, you know, all that 10,000 startups, etc. All of that is going to go bunk if, uh, if if we don't have net neutrality. There's no point in having 10,000 startups if they have to pay a carriage fee to a telecom operator to allow a user to access the 10,000 startups. There is no, or they have to forcibly degrade their service or, you know, uh, downgrade their service and, and, and sign up for free basics. So let's be very clear. 10,000 startups, all the money coming in, all the funding uh, is going to get impacted if if we don't have net neutrality. The, the parallel to that situation is actually mobile value-added services, you know. There were very few mobile value-added services companies which, which were able to raise funding. Uh, only the big ones were. And there weren't many players in that because the telecom operators had a very tight control over who was allowed in and who paid them what revenue share. They want to replicate that from mobile VAS, they want to do data VAS. Right? And I don't think startups are a part of VAS. We're not a value-added service. This is the internet. It's not a value-added service. And um, if startups don't act now, they will suffer. Look, we are doing our best, but we need all the support we can get. We need people to come and help in help with uh, with coding. We need people to come in and help uh, inform other people. Uh, we need people to come and help 
reach out to more and more people to submit to the TRAI. We need all uh, all hands on deck. And the thing is, if you don't act now, uh, you'll suffer. You can't just wait for that. You can't work under the assumption that you know we are doing so much and that should be sufficient. Everyone needs to stand up and be counted right now. And then do you guys also need some kind of financial support if we have to donate? Well, I, the way I look at it is that we need hands on deck. Money can't replace that. Totally, I agree. This is an, this is entirely a volunteer effort. All of us are volunteering our resources, our time, and it's that passion which has allowed us to build what we've built. You know, I know we've had people who are offering money as support, and I'm like, listen, that doesn't really help. We need brains on this. We need uh, thinking people to do the right thing. Thanks, Kiran. Thanks, Nikhil, for your time. So, if you are a startup or if you are part of start startup ecosystem, you need to act now. Get the word spread. You can do it with whatever way it is, like writing a blog post, signing the petition, helping out on the development front, helping Kiran, helping Nikhil. Because we don't want to see our internet as a separate pipe where you have to pay charges for as a Nikhil mentioned like a DTH service. Time is now. Please act. Thanks again. Thanks. Thanks for listening to this podcast. Your suggestion will be a great help to me. Send me your feedbacks to my email atul at the rate around startups dot com, or alternatively via Twitter at around startups underscore. Let me repeat. It's at around startups underscore. I'm not done yet. You can also find us on Facebook, iTunes, and SoundCloud as Around Startups. So, what are you waiting for? Go follow us on all the social media channels and give us all your feedbacks.